working with our ego, taming our ego, getting rid of our ego, is the number one requirement or ingredient to be free. You are listening to The JP Show, where we discuss the issues you care about from a Jewish perspective. I am Rabbi G. I am Rabbi Levy. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to The JP Show. Great to have everyone with us again. I'm Rabbi G. And we've uh, had a series talking about aspects of the trauma. Today we're going to talk about ego. Now I was inspired to talk about ego because we just had the festival of Purim and now we're in preparing for Passover, preparing for Pesach mode. And of course, Pesach is about freedom. Historically, we celebrate Exodus from Egypt, but more, more importantly, um, in the Jewish style and Jewish context, we don't focus that much on celebrating history. We re-experience history, which makes the festival of Passover a festival of trying to experience inner freedom. Inner freedom, freeing ourselves from ourselves, so to speak. Now, it's important to define freedom in the context of our discussion of ego because freedom, this is sort of fairly obvious, but important to mention nonetheless, that freedom does not mean the freedom to do what we want, on the contrary. That's permissiveness, and actually that's the greatest self-incarceration that is, that is possible. Um, all that means is that we're victims to ourselves. We are trapped in ourselves, in our own weaknesses, in our own temptations, in our own insecurities, in our own indulgences. So that's not freedom. True freedom, of course, is the opposite. True freedom means having the strength to choose having the strength to live morally, having the strength to go beyond ourselves, to untrap ourselves, to connect to someone else, to something else, to a higher purpose, to a higher being, to connect to God, and so on. That's a choice. It's a choice to be free. It's a choice not to remain trapped, but to make that choice. Now, which leads us to the discussion on ego and egocentricity. I think it's fair to say that the number one barrier to inner freedom and true freedom is our ego. We all have an ego. We are born with an ego by definition and by design. And working with our ego, taming our ego, getting rid of our ego is the number one requirement or ingredient to be free. Ego expresses itself in many different ways, sometimes in pure arrogance, sometimes in insecurity because we're so focused on ourselves, that we're insecure about our own selves and having the need to protect the fragility of our own being. But it all really comes from the same root. It's about centering and focusing on self in a negative way, in an egocentric way. Now, of course, this is so symbolic and so important in the theme of Pesach because we have this concept of eating matzah. When, when Pesach comes around, we have the mitzvah of eating matzah, shmura matzah, on the first two nights of Pesach. Which, of course, the whole idea of matzah is a symbol of getting rid of our ego. Matzah doesn't rise. We're not permitted to have chametz, which is leavened bread, which is the concept of the bread rising, which is an expression of the negative self. And matzah is the whole concept of not rising, which means getting rid of the negative self becoming a clean slate, surrendering ourselves to something greater so that we can then replace it with selfless self rather than selfish self. just want to mention there was a great 
a great philosopher, a great mystic called the Maharal of Prague, um, who made the following comment, because we know we eat matzah on Pesach as a symbol of freedom, but he asked the question and he said, well, it's interesting because in the Haggadah, actually matzah is referred to as bread of affliction, poor man's bread. And he introduces this amazing concept called positive poverty. In other words, what does it mean to be, why is it called poor man's bread? He says, because step one to true freedom is becoming positively poor, which means stripping ourselves of ourselves, getting rid of all the parts and the aspects and the components of the negative self to positively surrender to something greater and something higher, to grow beyond ourselves, to free ourselves from ourselves, and to replace the negative self by getting rid of it, the arrogant self, the egocentric self, with a completely different type of self, the selfless self, a self that is free to, to grow and free to connect to something higher. So those are some just thoughts about ego. Ego is an interesting thing I think the important thing to know is that we all have it. The second important thing to know is that we don't get rid of it overnight. It's an ongoing, lifelong struggle. We tame it. We first of all acknowledge it. Um, the first step to curing ourselves or healing ourselves from ego is to acknowledging it, that we have it, and to be aware that some of our decisions come from our focus on self and egocentricity. And Pesach, Passover, as we eat the matzah, as we prepare for it, is the time of year where we focus more emphatically on this concept of ridding ourselves of our ego, the idea of eating matzah, to in order to experience and to taste and to really engage in the concept of true inner freedom. So that's my opening message, and let's see where the discussion takes us. So Rabbi Levi, do you have an ego? Do I have an ego? Oh gosh. Um, let's not talk about that. Uh, or maybe we should talk about that. But let's, let's first sort of try and define ego a little bit more. It's a fascinating discussion. And this concept of getting rid of the ego, getting rid of the self, we discussed matzah. In Hasidic terminology, this is known as bittel, which is sort of to negate the, the sense of ego, the sense of self. I think people struggle today with that idea um, and almost interpret it to mean that they should become like a nobody and have no boundaries and just be abused by everyone around you. People let everyone just step all over you. Is there a difference between getting rid of the ego, taming the ego, versus being what we call in Yiddish a shmata? Sort of like uh, just a nobody who's worthless and just walks around like, I don't matter. That's a great question. Do we matter? Yeah, we matter. We matter if we're selfless. In other words, a feeling of inferiority, if we can put it this way, is also a form of ego. In other words, it's kind of, you know, when someone walks around, oh, I'm nothing, I'm this, and everyone steps over me, and yeah, let, let them step over me because I'm nothing anyway, you know, all that kind of thing, is another form, maybe a subtle form, but it's another form of obsession of self. So what I'm saying is the following. Of course, we, 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 we matter. But the ability not to be egocentric and the ability not to focus on self is selflessness when it comes from a strength. So in other words, to be selfless from a weakness because I just feel I'm nothing and I just feel inferior, that's another form of ego. That's because I'm nothing and I'm, I'm, you know, I keep negating myself, putting myself down. It's again, it's all about me. 
Getting rid of ego means I move away from me altogether. Not that I don't matter. We are very important. We're important because God created us. God created us for a mission. He wouldn't create me differently to you if I didn't have a unique contribution to make and you didn't have a unique contribution to make. So he created us, therefore we were important. He created us, therefore we matter. He created us and gave us another day because we have a really important contribution to make that no one else could make. Right. Uh, I think we're talking about um, negating self. That doesn't mean, as you just said, everyone has a unique contribution, right? So unique contribution means that I have certain talents that you don't have. Everyone has their own strengths. Negating the ego doesn't mean negating those strengths. It means negating the idea that those strengths are meant to serve me and just to, you know, to, to use them for selfish reasons, rather to direct my talents and my strengths to fill my purpose. That's right. So purpose is a good word. You know, I mean, we even have the work of Viktor Frankl, we, we always talk about in that every person has a deep yearning, a deep need to live a life of meaning, right? Right. So in other words, so living life of meaning, which means obviously in, in, in the Jewish context, we are given guidelines of how that meaning should play out in terms of the foundations, the Torah values, Jewish values, and both between man and man, man and God, and so on. But in that, we all have a very unique way of doing it, but that's, that's the focus. The focus is not about me, the focus is about the purpose, which also means that I'm not threatened by others, and also means I don't have a superior feeling to others, because if I matter, but I matter because I'm godly created, and God, all my talents, like you said, are God-given, then, and I'm not, I'm not a fragile self, and I'm not the beginning, middle, and end of everything, but I'm part of, I'm part of God's plan, first of all, that makes me a lot stronger, because it makes me more important, right? right. In other words, if, I'm, if I am my own person, I'm a pretty fragile nothing. But if, but if I'm part of God's reality, if I'm part of God's plan, if I'm, a, if I'm just another component in God's overall creation of the world, actually it makes me a much stronger entity, doesn't it? Because I'm part of God's infinity. Right. It makes my talent stronger, makes my potential greater. But it also makes me secure enough, which is really the true meaning of humility, to be able to make room for others and not be threatened by others. So my, I don't, my worth is not dependent on me being better than you. And it's not dependent on me feeding my own pleasure the whole time. My worth comes because I'm part of this greater purpose, this greater meaning. And therefore, I'm completely selfless, not, not a shmata as you called it before, which means I'm selfless, which also means I, I can give to others, I make room for others, I can compromise with others, I can be kind to others, sensitive to others, have empathy for others. Also take care of myself, but, as a, but, but, but not because I want to serve self. I can make sure I'm rested because I need to be able to give and be selfless and achieve my, my, my purpose. Otherwise, the foundation is not me. Right. The foundation is a greater good. Right. But I'm part of that greater good. So obviously you need to, I need to use my talents, I need to use my strength, and I have to be healthy. Let's, let's, let's talk about that word worth for a moment. where you have worth which is not dependent on someone else. Your worth comes from your mission. I mean, let's say I'm not fulfilling my mission today. Let's say I'm having a bad day today. I, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I got, I got angry with my kids. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing, I didn't pray properly. I'm not fulfilling my mission the way I'm supposed to. So am I worthless today? Is, 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 is my worth defined by what I do? Is there something a little bit more intrinsic than that? And, you know, there's a sort of a common terminology that flies around today, like you're enough, I'm enough. So are we enough? Are we not enough? 
Is it depending on what we do? Does that make us enough? What are your thoughts on that? First of all, having a bad day that way means you're a human being and you're pretty normal. That's right. So that's, 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 that's the good news. Yeah, no, so I think that, that, that yes, that's, no, so we're not enough. And we are intrinsically worthy and, we, and we're not enough at the same time. I, I don't like this expression, I'm enough. And I'll explain to you why. We, we have intrinsic value because we have a soul. In other words, part of us, by the very fact that we are created by God, and by the very fact that God infused into us a spark, a godly spark, which, by the way, is never corrupted. There's a part of us that is always pure and always godly. I think that's so important to understand. Right. Means that my core identity is purity. My core identity is godly. And therefore, the very fact that I was created, as the famous expression goes, God doesn't make junk. So therefore, <laughs> by, by, the very, by the very fact that I'm alive, and, I have a, and I'm breathing, and I, that breathing is an expression of my soul, means I have a godly spark, right? Now, and that gives me worth. That gives, that me, gives intrinsic me value. Worth. However, that doesn't mean you're enough. It actually gives you worth, but it also gives you responsibility. See, because you have different, you know, people always talk about themselves. What do they mean when they say themselves? Is we, have, we are multi-layered, right? right? So intrinsic worth comes from the essential core being, the essential core soul, our intrinsic worth. But then... Built on top of that intrinsic worth is our strengths, our weaknesses, which don't define us, by the way. Because you had a bad day, that doesn't define you as a bad or good person. Right. It gives you a responsibility to take responsibility for your bad day and to learn from it and have a better day tomorrow. See, it actually works. It, it works exactly the opposite way think people, people think it works sometimes. See, if your bad day would define you, right, and it's hard to take responsibility for that because if I'm a bad person, well, then that's just me. In fact, it's hard to take responsibility for yourself if you're a messed up person. Right. The answer is you're not really a messed up person because you're not defined by your, your strengths and your weaknesses. You're not defined by your success. But you're responsible for your success. You, which is not your success, mm. you, which is not your weakness, is responsible for your weakness and your strength. Because you have a purpose, right? So you have, which also means you're not enough because that purpose is endless. You're, you're worthy, yes, you're absolutely worthy no matter what happens, but you're not enough, you have to grow because that's part of your purpose. Your pur that's part of selflessness is to go beyond yourself. The only self comes from that essential being, gives you the, it's a godly spark, God is infinite, that gives you the ability to go beyond yourself. So I'm worthy, but I'm not enough, which is the whole theme of Pesach. I'm not enough. I have to grow. I have to go out of myself. Yeah. To go out of myself, I have to lose my egocentricity. I have to lose my focus on self. So is self-acceptance a bad thing? Is that a good thing? Or it depends what you mean by self-acceptance. Yeah, I suppose exactly. It does, it does exactly. What do you mean by the self? Yes, I think you're right. So I think that's exactly the point, right? So if you're accepting the fact that you're intrinsically a human being and you intrinsically have a godly soul and, and you have intrinsic worth, then I guess that's a good thing. No, so, you're, you're accepting the fact that although you're flawed, you still have worth and value. So I agree with you. Because then it's not really self-acceptance. What it is, it's, it's, it's belief in your intrinsic self. Right. But, not, but, but, but because of that, you're actually not happy with the way you actually are. Because you know that you could be a lot better. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to work, walk around anxious and, and, and upset, right? Because we all have to grow. We all make mistakes. And that's part of, part of the journey. Right. But no, we shouldn't, ex we shouldn't accept our status quo meaning a functional conscious status quo. Right. We accept and believe in, not accept even, it's more belief in and know we have, like acknowledge, 
our true, our true intrinsic self, which, as you say, leads to the fact that I don't accept my current conscious functional expression of self, expression of self because yeah. I could do much more. I have, you know, like in the work of Carol Dweck, we have, a, we have to have a growth mindset because we can always, we're not defined by our skill set of last week. We can do better than that. We can, we can grow. Right. How does this all tie into having a healthy self-esteem? I haven't really seen that word being used so recently, but it definitely, it is, it has been in the past a buzzword, you know, to give your children self-esteem. Um, it's very important. Does that fit with, like, how do you, how do you encourage people well, to have me, a healthy self-esteem let me, let me at the challenge- same time telling them their ego is bad? Yeah, okay, so let me challenge you back. How do you understand the word self-esteem? Well, that's a good question. Um, to walk around with a healthy outlook of who you are, I guess. Sort of to, to, to not, not constantly look down at yourself, how terrible you are, and... and, and okay, so you're hesitating a bit, right? So, right. And, and I think that's the point here. I think there's such a confusion of what actually self-esteem means. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I was quite inspired by Rabbi Tversky's writings years ago when I started giving lectures on personal growth. And he... He used to say he wrote 50, over 50 books he wrote on the same topic, just in different ways, because that was his big thing, self-esteem. And then you see that there's like a big pushback, that self-esteem is bad and it's ruining kids. And, and yeah. So it really is a confusion of what the word self-esteem means. Um, I think a negative self-esteem, the way he explained it was, is actually to have ego. It's, an, it's like always worrying about self. So people that have a superiority complex and they're always protecting their self, that's, that's not self-esteem, that's ego. Right. Um, same thing if a person walks around like I'm always bad, I'm always about putting yourself down. Again, it's another form of expression of self, right? Self-esteem actually is I'm, I'm so secure within myself because, I think from a Jewish point of view, because I know I have intrinsic worth and I know I'm not defined by my mistakes. And if I, I'm not afraid of criticism. I'm not threatened by other people because I don't define myself. I'm not always seeking approval from other people, right? Um, in other words, I'm comfortable with myself because of my intrinsic self. Not because I'm accepting myself, but because I, I'm comfortable with who I am in terms of an intrinsically worth human being and a human being that has a set of competencies for which I have to take responsibility for. Now, what happened with the self-esteem movement is that people started to misunderstand it and they understood it more in the context that you've got to inflate people's egos. Right. That's not self-esteem. That's the opposite of self-esteem. Yeah. So you've got to praise kids for doing nothing. Um, every kid has to come back um, from school with a huge prize for doing... Nothing, basically. Right. right? Right? That's not self-esteem. That's destroying children. Self-esteem is when you educate your child that you do your best and you're not defined by the fact that you got a prize, you didn't get a prize. And if someone else got a prize, that doesn't mean you're less lesser human being. Right? It's a very, very different perspective. It's about, it's about understanding and appreciating your intrinsic worth and, and doing the best you can and growing within yourself, not measuring yourself against other people. Now, that type of self-esteem is actually the opposite of ego. Because it means I have a really sense of in my intrinsic worth. Therefore, I can make room for other people. I can make room for God. I can make room for graduating something higher. I can challenge myself. Right. You see, if you define yourself by your strengths and failures, you'll never challenge yourself. Because you're scared to. You're scared to. Because what happens if I fail? Right. Or, or there can't be anything wrong with me because if I acknowledge something wrong with me, if I, like, if I, if I acknowledge that I've, I haven't done well in certain areas, that means I'm a bad person. Mm. But if you have a real self-esteem, which means you don't 
define yourself by those successes or failures or strengths or weaknesses or the outside world in general, but rather from within, from your own intrinsic self-worth, then on the contrary, you, you, you're comfortable within yourself, you can not take yourself so seriously, you can even laugh at yourself sometimes, and you can take responsibility for yourself and do better because that's, that doesn't define you as a bad person because I know that I failed yesterday. So where do you think, something that you would be uh, comfortable sharing on a, on a podcast, where do you think ego challenges you the most? Whew. Not necessarily you, just where do you think it challenges people? You could say you or other people or what you've seen from other people. Probably easier to, to talk about other people than ourselves. Oh, I know what you want me to do. You want me to talk about other people, but really, really me myself. Just, <laughs> just, right. just not tell anyone, right? That's right. So I think, I mean, I think one of the, one of the biggest areas of ego, it, well, I think there's two things. First of all, about learning from someone else that might have a better perspective on something that you have. Mm being open to really listen. We don't listen because we're threatened. So if you give me a good idea, which I didn't think of, oh, how come I didn't think of that? Right. Well, no. So, because I learned from you makes me a better person, not a bad person. You understand right. that? So, and I'm comfortable, if I'm comfortable doing that. So that's one. And then just generally being, being threatened by the people. Being threatened by the people's successes, being threatened by, you know, that kind of thing, right? Right. Um, Understanding that no, there's plenty. Of, there's room for everyone. There's, there's, you know, a great story. You know, the famous story of the uh, a great rebbe called the Tzemach Tzedek, where someone came and complained to him. It was a Jewish guy who went to synagogue every morning, and he came to the Tzemach Tzedek and he said, "Rebbe, they're trampling on me in the whole of the shul, yeah. the whole of the the uh, synagogue." So the Tzemach Tzedek said to him, "Well, who told you to spread yourself over the whole place? Like, don't take yourself so seriously. That what's spreading right. you? There's plenty of room for all of you." Right. Um, I think also conflict comes from ego, right? Conflict when you get, because it's a sense of being threatened by another person's existence almost, right? Yeah. Because someone said something to me I didn't like, so I fall apart. Um, that kind of thing. I think that, those are the areas where... I think also, for sure, parenting is definitely... I was uh, waiting for the parenting. Yeah, it's definitely a very uh, good uh, reminder that you have a very big ego. And it's, it's like, it sort of like wakens up the ego within you and that's what you have to work through. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying you have to, a big part of the parenting journey, I think, is working through your own ego. So like, like forget about your children for a second. A big part of the problem is that it becomes about you and not about them. I agree with you. That's exactly, that's it. Yeah, I mean, parenting in general is a real self-growth. Personal growth uh, journey. Yeah. Journey, yeah. It's like, first of all, it's not, it's not about, the, everyone has to know I'm a good parent. It's nothing to do with it. Right. Um, it's also about not taking personally when kids are disrespectful to us. Yeah. Because it's not about us. It's about I have responsibility, I have children. It's all part of the mission. It's part of the mission, part of the purpose. So what am I going to do and say that's going to be good for them to bring them up with the values that I'm entrusted to impart to them? All true. So I'm in charge of the values. It's not about me. It's about the values. It's about the purpose. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Wonderful discussion. Good. It's very easy to talk about, hard to implement. Correct. Hopefully getting closer to Pesach, we can think about it more. Right. I'm just going to mention, before we finish, that spiritually speaking, Kabbalistically speaking, the way we connect to this energy of humility on Pesach is actually by eating a piece of Shmura Matzah on the nights of Seder. If, everyone doesn't, if anyone doesn't have Shmura Matzah, please contact us. Absolutely. And we'll arrange it for you. All right. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you for listening to The JP Show. For questions, comments, and feedback, please email rabbig at bina, B-I-N-A, dot com, dot A-U. See you next time.